Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. I've been doing some interviews lately as part of my You're Not Alone interview series, and I have thoroughly enjoyed those, and I have several coming that I've already recorded, but I haven't had a chance to edit them and launch them up onto the podcast yet. But they are wonderful, and you will love them. It's such a wonderful thing to spend time with amazing guests who have very interesting backgrounds and insights and experiences, and I'm learning so much from them. I hope you're learning from them as well, things that are useful and practical. Today, I wanted to just kind of, I guess, get back to my roots (laughs) a little bit and just do one, just myself, uh, reflecting on some things. I actually have several topics that I'm going to be talking about, and I will be interspersing them in between interviews along the way. Today, my topic is going to be about forgiveness. And, you know, I find myself wondering, have you ever been fussed at to forgive someone? Because if you haven't been, then you're a better person than me. <laughs> Let's just say over the decades, I've had time to put quite a bit of thought into this forgiveness thing. And also how messy it can get when it's wrapped up with coercion, manipulation, enmeshment, enabling, boundary disrespect, judgment, and criticism. But I'm going to get into all of that stuff later. I wanted to cover, first of all, you don't really get very far into contemplating forgiveness, especially if you're a Christian, until you get to that whole forgiving people 70 times 7 business. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not one to shy away from things. I'm one to kind of lean into them and try to figure things out and have an understanding. And since that gets brought up a lot, especially for people that want to be critical and judgmental, and like I said, I have been fussed at before that I should forgive, this kind of thing. So, you know, let's just read that. Now, in the Bible, it's if you want to look it up, if not, no big deal. It's in Matthew. It's chapter 18. I'm going to read verses 21 through 35. It's a tad bit long, but it's worth reading the whole thing. I've actually kind of gone through some dynamics and different relationships in my life where I kind of, <laughs> I kind of learned to try to get ahead of the game, try to look at things from multiple different angles. And to be honest with you, it was a safety factor. I was trying to do that to avoid uh, some kind of emotional backlash. And so that's just kind of a, a habit that I've kept all these years, just trying to learn as much as I can about something and not shy away from it so that someone else doesn't come along later and beat you over the head with what you didn't read. <laughs> so 
Anywho, so I'm going to read Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? Jesus replied, Seven? Hardly. Try seventy times seven. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of a hundred thousand dollars. He couldn't pay up, so the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, Give me a chance, and I'll pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him ten dollars. He seized him by the throat and demanded, Pay up now! The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, Give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, You evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that's exactly what my Father in Heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. Okay, so I am not going to lie. That's hard to digest. I understand the idea that if God forgave all our sins, then we should certainly be able to turn around and forgive someone else. And I'm not arguing that. I guess my issue isn't so much with the forgiveness thing, but the allowing of continued, potentially abusive behavior. I never really understood this, and quite frankly, psychologically, it baffles the mind how we would agree to continue a relationship with someone who repeatedly, well, I was going to say who repeatedly behaved in such a way to need forgiveness, but then I realized we are all in that category because we are all basically fuck-ups. Now, sidebar, maybe you know someone who would insist that they are not a fuck-up, that they do all the right things and say all the right words, and they might regale you with all their good deeds as they trot along astride their mighty steed of self-righteousness. Hmm. To those folks, I would ask this. How would you feel if your every thought, feeling, and action from the last month were displayed in all their splendor on a large movie screen for all to view. Still feeling smug? Probably not. Okay, so no one is saying that he or she is above reproach or perfect in any way. Now, having said that, we each have a right to set our boundaries 
and decide who to allow in our lives. Because some folks continue to behave in abusive ways and they want you to continue doing what I call the dysfunction dance with them. I understand that forgiveness actually has a couple of prerequisites. Confession, or an owning of the pathology, owning their behavior, and also repentance. And that means to turn away from. So whoever is wanting forgiveness has owned their own behavior and is no longer going to be engaging in that behavior. But sometimes what people mean by forgiveness is they want you to let them continue their abusive behavior and just shut up about it. Let's do an example. <laughs> Let's say Pat is having a really, really bad day and ends up smacking me in the face. Well, I'm not going to like that, but let's say Pat owns her actions and she apologizes and promises it will never happen again. And I forgive Pat and we skip off into the sunset. <laughs> However, what if Pat loses control of her emotions and smacks me the next day? She apologizes and instead of throat punching her, I decide to forgive and we move on until the next day when she does it yet again. Hmm. There seems to be a fly in this ointment of forgiveness. Now let's fill in a bit more detail, shall we? Let's say that Pat only smacks me when no one else is around, so others are baffled and critical of my attitude toward Pat. And she's been to numerous therapists, so it appears that she's trying to get better. But there is no sustainable change because she has no intention of changing. Remember when I mentioned coercion, manipulation, enmeshment, enabling, boundary disrespect, judgment, and criticism as being factors that can make forgiveness even messier? Imagine being on a stage with the abusive person, but there are several other players on the stage as well. Imagine these other players are also dysfunctional in their own way, and you are feeling coerced, manipulated, judged, and criticized as your boundaries are being disrespected. Lastly, imagine a sticky web tangling all of you together. Great, huh? <laughs> so how do we forgive and not be destined to live our lives in that sticky web of tangled pathology? One of the best explanations I've ever heard is spelled out in Henry Cloud and John Townsend's seminal Boundaries book. It's in chapter 14, and I'm just going to read just a small excerpt from that chapter. In fact, many people are afraid to forgive 
because they equate that with letting down their boundaries one more time and giving the other person the power to hurt them again. The Bible is clear about two principles. One, we always need to forgive, but two, we don't always achieve reconciliation. Forgiveness is something that we do in our hearts. We release someone from a debt that they owe us. We write off the person's debt, and she no longer owes us. We no longer condemn her. She is clean. Only one party is needed for forgiveness. Me. The person who owes me a debt does not have to ask my forgiveness. It is a work of grace in my heart. This brings us to the second principle. We do not always achieve reconciliation. God forgave the world, but the whole world is not reconciled to him. Although he may have forgiven all people, all people have not owned their sin and appropriated his forgiveness. That would be reconciliation. Forgiveness takes one. Reconciliation takes two. We do not open ourselves up to the other party until we have seen that she has truly owned her part of the problem. So many times, Scripture talks about keeping boundaries with someone until she owns what she has done and produces fruit in keeping with repentance. True repentance is much more than saying, I'm sorry. It is changing direction. You know, there are numerous reasons why we have difficulty with forgiveness. But if you have been told that you should repeatedly forgive and continue allowing dysfunctional behavior into your life, I hope this episode has shed some light on the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. If anything in this episode has spoken to you in any way, or if you know of someone, a friend or family member that would benefit from hearing it, I would really appreciate you blasting it out there on your social media platforms, whichever ones are most dear to you, whether that be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anything that you can think of. Social media platforms just keep growing and growing just so that we can get the word out and communicate to other people so we can grow our Phoenix and Flame community. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.